do you remember your first class you ever taught? The first class I ever taught was uh, Theater Strike Force. They had something, we had T, S, and F level. Uh, this is in Gainesville, Florida, for those that know, University of Florida. Um, and your first teaching gig, if you got it, was like, you know, they would be looking at like who was like going through the performers and stuff and who was doing well in the shows. And then they would just kind of offer you like if you wanted it to teach. And uh, I got to teach the T group, which was the beginning group. And um, that was actually through the college, which was cool because you like actually taught like students and like it was like a big ass group. I remember it was like almost 25 of them or 30 and whatever. So you taught it with a professor, like a, like an adjunct professor from the school or whatever. And he basically they did that so that we would have a way for us to teach. So I just let these college students teach other college students for years. And it worked for the most part. I mean, that's how I was taught. Um a lot of their stuff. That wasn't the first time I was taught, but that was the first time I did teach. Okay, so there was a curriculum place for that that you did for that. Yeah, they had like uh, different like games and certain things that we were supposed to be looking out for, and it was mostly it was short form. You okay, know. and then um, when you get to Chicago, how soon thereafter were you teaching? Uh, I was coaching for a long time, and I didn't really to teach until like my last year before I left. Okay, so whatever. Did you? Um, for coaching, because we don't—I don't always talk a ton about coaching, mm-hmm. but it's totally an art form in of itself. What do you think are your biggest differences between being a coach and being a teacher? Are um, I think coaching, you're kind of focusing on what I mean. You're kind of focusing on what the either it depends. I guess if you're working for a building, you're focusing on what that building wants out of their group. So particularly, I/O is looking for the herald. So you're focusing on sharpening people on that. Um, coaching outside, like indie teams, usually it's kind of like an opposite thing where you're like, what do you guys want to do? All right, I will sharpen you towards that, right? Um, and then, I'm sorry, what was the other half of this? It was uh, Yeah, coaching. so like the teaching, though. Oh, like, and teaching. Yeah. Teaching is about, yeah, it's always about individuals. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I agree completely. So uh, let's get to the good stuff then. So, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, this is all good. Because at that point, you're teaching for you're teaching under curriculums and under buildings of mm-hmm. other people. So now you get villain up and running. Yeah. And you created the curriculum. I did. Yes. Yeah. I had some help. I mean, um, Mick looked over at least what my levels were going to be, um, and he thought they were pretty good um, overall. And then uh, as far as that, I just kind of like the first, I guess, uh, 1.0 version was uh, very much like a mix of everything that I had done like so I had like stuff stuff that I liked from the magnet so I basically had like each day especially like my level two class was scene work from each different place I had learned so you would take like you know the annoyance for two weeks and UCB for two weeks and the magnet for two weeks and IO for two weeks so it was more like that now it's switched over more towards like okay this is what I what I personally feel works best which is more towards that and how did you how do you um for your process for that because I think a lot of people are always curious of like how do I go about tweaking and doing um, when you're designing the instruction, are you keeping in mind the outcome of the level, or are you keeping in mind the entire curriculum of what you want your outline of your what your outcomes to be? Okay, I think I mean I do it by level, and I just put it in order, I guess. Like for our VT one, which is our level one, um, we do an overview of kind of everything. 
you know, so it's a little bit of everything. They do a full long form, like basically uh, like a um, modified Herald that's like with tag outs only and stuff like that, that they still do games, they still do an opening. So they do just that, but it's like, it's just so that to me, level one is to train not only people that are going to continue, but it's going to be just to train audience members. You know, so anybody that leaves out of that class, they can come and watch a show now and they understand I see what you're saying. our okay. show. So that's how I look at it. I'm like, I'll give you this overview. And it's a little bit jam-packed just to get everybody to do all that. Like they learn group work, all that stuff, and how to do games and everything all in that first level. So it's a lot. But people come out of the other end and they're like, yeah, I got a good understanding of it. I was pushed and whatever. And like, that's what I'm looking for. And then, uh, I guess, should I go through all of them? You want me uh, no, to no, that's, I think that's fine. No, I actually... Um, so, with that in mind, because you're not the only teacher here, how many people do you have teaching right now? Uh, let's see. Myself, Peter. Uh, I'll just say their names for fun. Okay. Peter Meir, Janellis Santos, um, Mike Chivinato, uh, Natalie Galdi, um, Gonzalo Morera, and uh, Juan Espinosa. Oh, and my brother, Ozzy Quintana. So, okay. we got a good amount. So, when you hand them over the curriculum... Um, are your curriculums pretty detailed or is it like I just expect you to hit these objectives go do what you'd like um, they're more detailed now because like there was a time there that I was just like walking in and I would like be walking into a class and I go oh that's not quite how that exercise goes or whatever so what we did is like now we've actually recently maybe like three weeks ago we had like a curriculum roundup and I just basically went through all of level one, how we teach it, what are we looking for, you know, these are the notes that are helpful, these are the things you should be looking at, like things like that. And we do we did the same thing for level four because those were the two that we were teaching at the same time. Now I gotta go back and do the same thing for level two and level three and level Okay. Level five no one else teaches but me right now, but Okay. Um, so all those teachers though that you have, did you have a train the trainer program or like how did you get them to be teachers that you feel comfortable running the program? So everybody starts, um, <clears throat> a lot of them started already as coaches, right? Or they would coach something at least for a while. And if they didn't coach already for a while, everybody, no matter what, if you've coached or not, has to do whatever class you're doing. you got to sit through one for the full eight weeks and actually show up and be like watching another teacher do it. Okay. You know, okay. and they learn from there, and they're just kind of, like, asking questions and stuff. And then do you ever do, um, do you ever then, do you, I guess now when they teach classes and stuff, do you pop in and then, like, have a meeting with them about their performance? Um, uh, I'm doing that more now. Like, things are changing, because now this is, like, the first time that, like, so many of them are teaching outside of me and like uh, now it's becoming like a thing of like okay I can come in and kind of review and see how you're doing or whatever and like I definitely keep myself open for like questions they'll call me in the middle of class or call me or they'll get me if I'm in another room if they're like hey how's this go real quick and you know I can okay. break it down like that so you know I don't I mean right now the company's so young that to me it's just like get them in there you know the only thing I need to make sure is like hey no one gets hurt and everybody feels good <laughs> about this. Like, that's the important part because, like, they can't really fuck it up in that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm cursing. I'm going to curse a lot. No, I, that's um, fine. <laughs> I, 
for you. Have we met? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I really like that's really right now to me. I'm planning for the future already, and like I'm all about even in the business, like delegating. Right. Like how fast can I delegate things to people that so that they can learn because they are gonna fuck up. People are gonna sit there and have growing pains. They are gonna do those things, and that's perfectly fine with me. Again, you know, like, if I wouldn't have put them there, if I didn't at least trust them to be kind enough and, you know, like, smart enough not to, like, totally ruin the gig, you know? Right. So what do you then consider uh, characteristics of a good teacher? Uh, I think a lot of empathy is, like, the main thing to me because, like, that's the thing to watch. And I think there's, like, people say patience, but I think it's also just patience of where this person is at and where they will be because, like, People that want to work, I think that's the problem that I see with some teachers, is they sit there and they kind of like start picking favors or start being like, oh, this guy gets it, so I'll spend more time on him, instead of sitting there and being like, but that guy, he's really working hard and he really is trying, and I see him at all the shows and I see him at all these things, like, you should get with that guy too, everybody should get a chance. Commitment or talent kind of thing. Yeah, because that guy is going to surprise you. It happened to me on my Herald team at I.O., like, there were guys that... I had seen their first improv scenes ever when I was in level one or whatever. And I was like, wow, you know, that guy's not there yet. And then by the time we finished, that guy got on the team in a year over all the people that were like sitting there. It's like, ah, I've done improv before in college or whatever. You know, they just worked harder and they learned. Yeah. Yeah. So empathy. um, What else do you think? Um, Yeah. I was going to say, like, a working knowledge of improv, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, you really got to be a student of this stuff to me as a teacher. Like, you know, you should be wanting to grow. Like, if you're not wanting to grow, how are you going to help anybody else? How do you encourage, um, and I know how, like, for yourself, I know you're constantly reading any improv book that comes out. So how do, for yourself and for your your teachers, how do you encourage them to continue growing then? Uh, I basically do the same. I'll be like, hey, this book just came out, and I'll email everybody or something, or I'll at least tell them all about it. The same thing with, like, podcasts. I'm like, listen to Jimmy Crane. Listen to this podcast. I'm like, this is, this one's actually a gold <laughs> mine. You know, because I was like, look, maybe you're not going to agree with every single teacher that's on here or how they work it, but at least you're getting a different point of view, and maybe that helps you kind of be like, oh, I would never do that. I would do this. And I'm like, good. So you have now made a choice. For something you want to do, great. Either way, it works. Right. You know, so I think, like, that's super important. I think also just taking, this was one that Jed Eveleth said, and I think it's totally true, but, like, once a year, take a class somewhere in something that's, like, brand fucking new to you, you know, because once you get that feeling again of, like, wow, I'm really not good at this, and I'm <laughs> I'm trying to do it, you can feel how your student feels, right. you know, when they're having that first day, when they're having those couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, I, I find... Um, I, the teachers who forget what that feeling is like and then get frustrated with students, mm-hmm. those are the teachers It's like, come on, man, like, you got yeah. to remember that these guys are students, you know? And, and you also have to look at, like, I, I'm sure you do this too, like, okay, this is my expectation of a level one versus, okay, you've been here for a year now. You got you to gotta do this right. kind of thing. Do you guys, what is your theory, what is your philosophy on um, everybody moving through classes versus holding students back. I think right now we're just in a place where I'm just like, right now it's like, 
Um, I just want the most people going through, you know, and at this and just, you know, if they want to continue, they continue. I'm not like forcing anybody, but, um, but I think right now I just kind of let everybody through because I'm just like, this scene is so still so small that right now I just need to make more people that are doing it and get them on stage and get them playing more. Cause no matter what amount of classes I have, unless I got people that are, playing regularly that can be watched and people can go, oh, I'm learning from, we're never going to really have a solid system. And I could have the best teachers in the world for that. But if they don't got something to see and aspire to, that's really the goal right now. So I'm just getting everybody that wants to go through, like, unless they miss too many classes, that's the only reason I hold them back, okay. you know. Um, but besides that, it's just like, yeah, if you showed up all the days and you sat there and watched your two shows per session, like, you're in, you know. Right. Right do you now. have a, um, if you guys were super big and all that stuff, do you have a philosophy about that anyways, about whether or not students sure. feel that? I think it's, I think it should get, I think it does get to a point, I think maybe in the higher levels, you know, where you can sit there and be like, all right, like I do like some philosophy where it's like, hey, here's the core and then here's our advanced systems for people that are like really going on this track and we feel like whatever. I think that could be a good thing. But even then, you know, I think about it and I'm like, yeah, it's a subjective type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think it just, I mean, for me right now, like, yeah, I can't even see it too well because I'm just like, I would have to have so many people <laughs> right. going through for me to, like, sit there and be like, no, you can't keep learning the pretense, <laughs> you know? Right, so yeah. I just Stop don't playing. see Yeah, it would be, it would be so, it had to be a huge number. I don't even, right. I couldn't even tell you. So <laughs> it'll be a while before I think about it. Um, with all of that, um, I'm going to just kind of jump around, I think. Sure. What I'm going to do. So, um, well, have you ever actually had anyone... Uh, have you had to ever ask anyone to leave a class? Um, not... I haven't had to ask anybody to leave a class. I've seen it happen. Okay. You know, and whatever. I've been a part of having to ask people to leave teams. Okay. You know, for whatever bad behavior, like, you know, making everybody very uncomfortable or physically striking people or things like that. Like, you know, unfortunately, I have been part of teams that had to do that. Were you the coach of those teams or were you on Uh, those teams? A lot of the, (laughs) most of the times that I had to have a conversation to have somebody removed from a team, um, I was just on the team and the coach didn't really feel comfortable. The cast didn't feel comfortable. And then I was just like, well, I'm fine talking to someone. You know, and I don't think it has to be in a shitty way. You know, anytime I've had to do that, it's like a sit-down conversation. I make sure it's in a public place because you never know if they're doing that kind of thing. And, you know, I just, like, I'm happy to answer whatever questions you got. I'm happy to cite things that people wanted that people wanted to say or whatever, you know. I think it's important that people understand exactly why. You can't just, like, knock somebody off and throw somebody out or whatever. Just be like, sorry, because of this, like... I think you got to sit there and really let that person know and make them know that they're loved because that's the other thing. Like, this person needs to know, like, we care about you. We want you to do better. We want things to go better for you. But I think, um, you know, you're just not hitting it right now. And if they get mad, they get mad and everything. But I'm willing to sit there through that. Like, I don't know. And people yelling and stuff doesn't really bother me too much. 
Do you guys do um, check-ins with your students then, like on where they are, like midway through your classes, or do you do like any, like at the end, do you do that midway, and do you also do like end of the uh, course evaluations? Uh, we do course evaluations at the end of each one. Um, I haven't been like, I don't have like an HR guy or a counselor for the students yet. I would love that. Um, and that might be something to put in eventually, because I think that's great to like meet with them and just be like, all right, where are you at? Like. That's actually a good idea, so thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I actually find, because um, uh, I'll do it with my students, and I always start out with, like, where do you think you're, where do you feel your strengths are right now? And they're, you're like, oh, they really are super self-aware, because sometimes people will do stuff, and I'm like, I don't even know if they're aware of what they're doing of this yet, but I would also don't want to pick on it yet right now, because they're in this growth phase or whatnot, so I'm not going to worry about it. And then they'll bring it up to me in our one-to-ones at the end, and I'm like, ah, oh, you are aware. Yeah. Guess what? So am I. So we're going to work on this now, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, um, so let's talk a little bit about your your approach and your philosophy mm-hmm. to it. What, do you think you have a pretty clear philosophy on teaching? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, to me, the main thing, and I tell this to them all the time, like teachers and everything, and I'm just like, is that these people aren't children, you know, most of them, like, I mean, I don't teach any kids' classes yet, but most of our people are adults. Some of these people are coming in. They're lawyers during the day. They're freaking, you know, they own a company. They work wherever they work. And, like, you know, you got to understand that, like, they are, they are adult humans that are capable of expression. They're capable of learning. They're obviously brave enough to take this. So to me, it's like I don't hold back too much. Even in VT one, like I'm already just like you're. I, you're if this is the only thing you get, you should get the full thing, and you should know what you need to work on and stuff. And then like my philosophy, I guess towards that, that really helps is just like your problems on stage are just a magnified version of your problems off stage. So if someone's sitting there and they're doing a scene and they keep talking too much or whatever, I'm like, cool. Are you kind of like a control freak in your real life? Like, do you have trouble with your relationships because maybe your significant other sits there and you're just very like, like, this is what we're doing, right? And like, that's why your relationships have ended. I usually, it's almost like people sit there and it's like, oh, how do you know that? It's just like, I'm like, because you can tell a lot from this. This only magnifies your weaknesses, I guess, as a person when you're up there, you know, but it also helps you isolate them so you can learn from them. Right. Um... With that, because I feel like, oh, cool, you're direct, (laughs) right? And there's a lot of teachers that, frankly, are not direct. Right. Um, And there's a bunch of different reasons why. Um, What's what's the – how is the reaction to that? Like, do people, like, push back? Or do they take it? Do they leave the room crying? Like, what? I think it's all – like, I've only had one person, and they were going through, like – they were going through a bunch of offstage stuff that I that like I learned about later, and that's why they really were like they just like left one day, but they left the state and they moved. <laughs> they kept going. So I, I if I did that, I'm like I'm almost impressed. Like, I'm like wow, you know, I made that happen. Somebody was just like I pretended so badly that I needed to move, you know. But I don't think that was the case. It was just like an issue there. But um, 
But yeah, I've never, like, usually the way I approach it is just like, you gotta laugh at your problems, and the way I tell people things is not in, like, a way where it's like, you need to stop doing this. Like, that would be the way that you get rid of people very quickly. Instead, it's like, it's like, alright, you know, you're the kind of dude that you, know, you don't listen too well, huh? Like, you know, in conversations, you're just kind of waiting to start talking instead of sitting there and actually listening, and they're like, yeah, you know, like, things like that. The way you say things is so important, and the way you empathize with people and where they're at is so important that, like, yeah, you gotta make them, you gotta make them laugh. I think you gotta be funny a little bit as a teacher to, like, kind of get them to be comfortable and laugh at, like, yeah, we're gonna fail here a lot, you know, and you should be able to laugh at failure after a while. Do you, so do you have, like, on, on, like, day one of a class, do you have sort of, like, a, hey, guys, we're coming together, this is the expectation, like, so setting up those expectations for them so that they have, like, I find that if they know what's going to happen and when's going to happen, that can relieve a lot of anxiety because we're already got a lot of anxiety of getting up there without a script to begin right. with, right? Yeah, we have a whole like thing where we go through stuff for whatever is expected of you for that class, and then also just like, yeah, what is your mindset? For, what should that be while you're walking into here, right? Like, are you coming in and like I'm a big person that's just like we all got bad days, right? But when you get here, drop that bad day at the door. So that way you can sit there and be open to maybe having your day get a little better. You know, because it's supposed to be fun. It is supposed to make you, I think it just makes you better at being a human right. in general. That's really the thing that I like about it. Like, I've gotten better as a human, and by proxy, my improv has improved a lot, you know. And I think a lot of people just think it's like, this. it's one way or the other way. And I'm like, all that stuff that you do off stage is going to affect your on stage completely. Yeah, yeah, it really... Um that's part of the journey until they get there, though. They, mm-hmm. they just don't they just do not do that. Um, do you... What is your um, your pipeline for a student who feels they have a problem? Do they, are they just... Do they go to their teacher? Do they come straight to you? What's the pipeline for that right now? Uh, right now, it's... Yeah, they well, usually come to me or they'll go to the teacher, like, depending what the problem is. Okay. If it's a problem with the teacher, right. they'll probably come to me. And they'll talk to me about it. Doesn't happen often. Okay. But you know, that's usually the pipeline. Usually the pipeline. I'm like kind of HR, right? For us, with as far as right. like artistic director and stuff, and even with customers or any patrons that come out, like that's on the where the buck stops as far as this is who you talk to when you are feeling disgruntled. Right. You know. Um. So I some a lot of times we'll talk to people about like what are you doing to encourage diversity, but you already have such a diverse. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I think part of, like, we were talking about this off mic is that just the population in general is super diverse. Yeah. So with, so because those, like, the, because those are coming together already, how are you facilitating conversations, though, about being mindful of all these diverse backgrounds and what may or may not offend and kind of thing? Yeah, I think we talk a lot about just, like, uh, like stereotypes, right? And here we have everybody of every color and every race and every religion that you can think of um, I've probably got some kind of representation on stage um, of that and uh, I think that's the important thing that I always try to push is just like I've, for me personally like I think you can play anybody on stage you just can't play the stereotype of anybody on stage so and usually everybody's pretty respectful of that and like because of the way we teach I guess the way we coach is a little bit like hey call you out on your stuff um, people get that way. Like, they sit there and it's just like, I didn't appreciate that this happened. And I'm like, great, let's talk about it. Why is that not working? What is this? And that's happened before. That was, gonna be, that was actually going to be leading into that. That was going to be my next sort of question. So 
um, are those conversations coming up as they happen and then being like, hey, guys, stop that. Let's talk about that. Or are people like stopping the scene and being like, hey, this is not cool right now? Um, most, I guess the way we teach it, I'm just like, we have ways to play those scenes, right? And when it does happen, because I think that's like the thing. Those scenes happen. When sometimes you're on stage, maybe it's by mistake, maybe they didn't mean it, but you'll get into that scene that you're like, oh, this is kind of like racist, or this is, uh, this is very uh, like sexist, or whatever, and those things happen. But I think it's like, we gotta be equipped to deal with those scenes. So when they do happen, um, yeah, usually I've never had somebody like just stop their own scene. Okay, you know, but I'll kind of like let it go a second because to me it's just like, all right, we're in this, and then like when it ends, that's when I sit there and I just go, great. How did that feel, right? And usually people are like, I felt like this and this and this and whatever, and I'm like, cool. And then you felt like this and this and this. I'm like, what was your reasoning for this choice? And it's always I was scared. You know, almost always. People are like, it's like, oh, I don't know. I just really wanted to laugh or I really wanted something. So I went for that. And I was just like, okay, fine. But know that the only way that scene needs to go now, once you go that path, one, you need to notice that you went there. Right? So if you go to this bad place, like, you need to notice that. And it's usually pretty easy to notice because your partner has a face on, like, wow. <laughs> right? And you, and the audience has gone, ugh. Right. Right? So you feel the room change on you. Right? And I think the main thing is to sit there and go, that person has to lose. That's what you need to do to make that scene happen. Right? Now, this scene was maybe about these two people hanging out and they were getting a sandwich and talking about, you know, how, you know, in love they were with each other. But then, once this race thing gets pulled, once this, you know, uh, sexist thing gets pulled, that's what the scene's about now. Right? Unfortunately, because that's going to be the biggest thing that you rang with everybody in the room, because that's what made the room stop. You know, so you got that happening on stage. You can't run right now that you're on stage. So to me, it's like now you got to make this person be ridiculous. Like we have to go. Isn't this stupid that this exists? Right. Right. And that's how we have to play it, you know, in order to make it work. And I've done it several times. I've been on a bunch of teams that I've had (laughs) some people make some crazy moves. And I had to sit there and be like, okay, right now we know. We need to make this look ridiculous. We need to make these people look stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So with that in mind, um, do you... Because you're... um, I'm trying to think of how I want to, like, with all that in mind... Do you find that you eliminate then a lot of like quote unquote difficult students because you're you're having these consistent conversations all the time? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I find them difficult. Even I just sit there and I just go, "This is a thing that happened," and I don't think. I mean, the world maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, guys. Everywhere in the world, but um, you know, I do think people are inherently good. I don't think anybody's trying to do bad to each other. Like it's why there's not murder happening every day, right? Like to me, <laughs> right? So like I think people are inherently good enough, at least here in this in the states so far. Um, and like, like because of that, I don't haven't had like an issue where I had to sit there and get rid of somebody, or they had to like be like scolded because it's just like no, we're all learning this moment together because this could happen to anyone. Right, this could happen to anyone. He's not a bad person. Right. for doing this. She's not a bad person for doing this. You know. I find um, I, I'm leaning more toward it's not a difficult student; it's a lack of the teacher being able to teach. For sure, I think people get scared of that stuff, and like you know, and it's definitely like. 
it's happened here where like I've heard about it after the fact and like there a teacher will come up to me and be like I didn't know what to do or whatever and this occurred and this occurred and I was like great bring them let's talk and let's bring those people in so that way whatever and we'll talk about it again but how do you coach your teacher then for the next time it does happen uh i guess same way i'm telling you right now i'll just be like look here's some situations that could come up and here's how to deal with them okay you know and most of them have a very similar way of dealing with them which is just like nobody's terrible nobody's a terrible person everybody just needs a moment to learn Right. So give them that learning moment. Give them that benefit of the doubt instead of, like, being like, don't you ever. You know, like, it can't be scolding because people don't get as much from scolding. They, like, sit Sure. There. They're also adults. So yeah. it's – that's also the thing sometimes is that – especially, I think, for communities like mine and yours, we know people are not on a track to be on Saturday Night Live or go to a cop. You know, right. this is an outlet they're doing because they have a creative – itch or they're trying to find more joy or more courage or whatever in their life and so we should help yeah we're trying to foster that like the most i mean i'm doing big air quotes right now but the most difficult people tend to be the ones that get the most out of this you know so if you're having trouble with a student that's your that's actually a gold mine to me it's like this is what's going to make you great at teaching like this person right here is giving you a challenge that you don't know how to deal with right now, and you're about to learn right. how to do that. Yeah. You know? um, do you do you find with your approach then you don't have a lot of students resistant to getting the notes and getting the feedback? I haven't seen a problem so far. Like you know, like as long as I said, like I say, like as long as you make it like a thing that like, hey, failure is necessary and fun, you're fine. Right. You know, it's when you sit there and just make anyone feel terrible. You know, for doing something that, you know, is just a mistake or they just don't know what they're doing yet. Like, once you do that, then you pretty much lost somebody usually. Right. You know, like, you're going to lose that student because they're going to sit there and just be like, I'm now I'm getting attacked, me as a person, because I made a mistake or I didn't know what I was doing. And right. that's not, that's going to be no way to grow your student base. Right, 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 right. Um, being that you're in Miami, uh, how do you deal with people? Do you, what is your philosophy on like, People who are late. Do you just start a class? <laughs> Man. So lately, like, whatever. For a while there, I made a mistake, and I was sitting there, and I was just like, okay, people are just late, so I'll start 10, 15 minutes late. But then, like, now lately I've just been like, you know what? The more I start at time, the more likely they are to start showing up on time, and that's working a lot better because, like, once that feeling of walking in and being like, shit, I gotta put down my bag and they're already doing stuff and whatever, you know, has made everybody show up a lot more in mass. And I also do make fun of people as they come in. Because you have an opportunity to grow your teacher base, um, how much, like how, like how are you trying to make sure that that stays diverse, like male to female and all that kind of stuff? Like what is that? Um, I Like right now, I'm just like, I know from experience of seeing places, like, if you... It happens on stage first, but it's like, you know, if you see, you know, um, a Latino on stage, right, then you're probably more likely to take a class as a Latino. Right. right? So whatever it is, like, I just try to put the most women... I came up there because that's how more women get into this and try to put the most people of color of every kind so that we get more of that. And, like, in the teaching position, the same thing. I got... I got a Brazilian guy. I got a guy from Uruguay. 
Um, another girl's Cuban. This other girl's Cuban Puerto Rican. Um, we have like all these teachers, but. I didn't mostly grab, like, I grabbed them because they were good at what they do, but also I'm like, yeah, it's important to sit there and look like, what do you got going on, you know? Since you were a coach for a long time and stuff, I loved, I just love to pick your brain, like, a side coach, what's your feelings about side coaching? Um, I think most people do it too much. So, like, a lot of it I see, when I see people side coach, it's just like, it's like, well, your job is not to sit there and make all their choices or sit there and nitpick every single little thing. Like, wait, no, do this again, do this again. It's like, instead, it's just like, what is the one light, light enough and broad thing that you can give that will get them to make the choice as much as possible? And I think that's the thing. It's like, it's not about you giving them choices. It's about them being able to make that choice because of this little thing you gave them. Right, so do you do a lot of side, so do you do, so you probably do very little of that also in your, um teaching then too yeah I mean I still I throw it in there every once in a while and I'll pause scenes or some scenes I'll just like stop because I'm just like okay you know I already know where this is going within two lines you know so it's like things like that are important to just like be like don't make them waste a whole scene if you can avoid it sometimes I just gotta do bad scenes because you gotta do bad scenes you know yeah you gotta you gotta learn through it and stuff um, any other classroom management skills you, like you actively are using that you find really helpful that other teachers or other people who are wanting to teach may find helpful? Um, I almost never raise my voice in general. Like, if anything, if people are, like, sitting there and, like, yelling and screaming or, like, whatever, or they're not, or they're talking in the room or they're just not getting organized, I do more of the thing of just, like, okay, guys, we're going to get started and I'll just start talking. And that will quiet the room. Because I find, like, you go into that yelling place or you start sitting there and just showing anything showing anything that shows that you're, like, angered or anything like that with the behavior. And it just kills the room. It kills the vibe. So you need to be able to just do it like, hey, guys, come on. We're going to start now. Cool? Great. Here's this exercise. You know, like, that's more of the way I kind of look at it as far as managing the room. Do you, allow, do you allow for a lot of chatter in between, like, the two people up to the next two people up uh, so that... Because sometimes um, people want to chatter on their way back, and then it slows things down. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a very... I have this death stare that sometimes I'll shoot. Like, I'll just be like, come on, you know? Like, you can't see me right now, podcast people. Right. But, you know, I'll just kind of give a face like, dude... You know, these people are up here. You had you had your chat, and they're like, "Oh, you know." Usually, it's like, ah, "I didn't even notice that you started or whatever." And I'm like, "Fine." Again, no one is inherently evil and trying to be bad. Right. They're just sitting just there and they're excited, anything. or they're sitting there and they're just like, "Oh, you know, that was fun because of this." It's usually that. It's never like I want to disrespect this man. And I think some people take it that way. Yeah. No, I think people a lot of times they're still processing, they're still breaking down and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that it can slow down. It can just slow down getting it, everybody up. we got to get through these exercises. Yeah. I want everybody to have a bite at the apple. For sure. Feel it. Plus, you learn watching them, too. For sure. Which helps a lot. What do you do uh, for yourself, um, like, for preparing for a class? What, are, what is your... Uh, I like to... I like to make sure I'm playing very happy music okay. on the way I drive to my classes, because here, public transit is a malo, friends. Um, but, like, yeah, I usually try to play something that's like, all right, get yourself in a good mood because they might be coming in in a bad mood. They might have had a long day. You know, you need to be the energy right now because they're never going to bring it. 
completely, you know. So if you bring it, then it's infectious. If you bring negative energy, it will be infectious. Um, so that's one thing. And then I always take the time. I try to get to my classes about at least like 30 minutes early so I can sit there and just read through everything because I don't like to be looking at it too much. I kind of want to just be like, all right, I get what I'm supposed to be going for here. Let me just be able to like be like, okay, look at this. This is the next one instead of having to be like, okay, this is the next one. This is the things I'm working on. Like you got to read through it and make sure you're prepared. And I think people a lot of times don't do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent. I like to get there early. I like to set up the classroom the way I want mm-hmm. it to set up. Chairs. Right. In a certain way. That's right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it's an important piece of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like make them sit together, too. That's the other thing. I'm a big, like, people like to sit in, like, front row or back row. Like, I try to make it, like, I'm like, no. Everybody sit right next to each other as a group because that's part of it, too. You get that I'm sitting in the back of the classroom mentality or I'm cooler than the rest or, oh, I'm going to be back here just taking notes so I don't have to be engaged. Like, I'm like, no, when you're all together, you tend to all end up sitting there going, like, oh, we're all paying attention. You know, <laughs> nobody feels like, oh, I can just escape now. Right, right. What do you, do you feel like there's things lacking in improv teaching right now? Or do you? Um, I feel like um, maybe it's on the other end more than anything. I don't even know if it's a teacher's fault. I think like a lot of people will write a curriculum, put together a curriculum and just either not really explain how they want it done or not really have a vision for what they want for their theater. Like, what are you trying to get through on this? You know, and I think that's usually what's wrong. I think instead we're, um, I hear a lot of like, just like, oh, I just added this exercise because I read this book. And then um, the next week somebody reads another book and they're like, oh, well, now I'm changing everything. I'm going to do it like this book. And I'm like, well, but what's, what is your vision for your training? Like, what do you want to see on your stage? And if you want to see a mix of everything, do that. But it can't just be like, oh, I added this this week. Or I added this this week. It's like, why? Why are you doing that? How is this going to... F- how is this going to build correctly? And I, I don't really see it as, like, a teacher problem. I see it a lot in, like, just curriculums and, like, you know, what people are handed, you know. Right. I have places that hand me something, and I'm just like, okay, um, I'll do this. There's really no explanation behind this. There's no, like, like notes I should be looking for. And, like, I'm all down for, like, whatever, yeah, do what you please if that's what you want. But I do feel like people um, appreciate and also will grow more into what you want if you have a very strong idea of what this place is. Right, right. Yeah, I think that... um, I feel like writing a curriculum also... It can really also help you laser focus in on that Mm -hmm. if you haven't done that. And, and, and like, having a good, strong philosophy of where to start from. Like, I know my own personal philosophy of where I play my scenes from so that launched how I want my curriculums to look right. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you, um, for evaluations, have you ever gotten one on yourself and you're like, huh, I didn't see that coming? Yeah, totally. Like, you know, I'll have one, what was the one that happened to me the other day? You know, um, it said something like, uh, there was one that said something like, oh, like a little wordy. And I was like, ah. That I need to eliminate, you know? So whatever. I don't want to be the one that's, like, sitting there. It's like, I talk all day about these things, and then they don't get up a lot. So right. it happened one time, and then it's never happened again. But, yeah. 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 Um, I know. I try to get I, try, I get aware of that, too. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been talking way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I better shut up. Yeah. 
I well, that sometimes, happens to me regularly. Yeah, well, I mean, I think sometimes... To me right now on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes that we just, like, a lot of us get really just wrapped up in how much we love it, and it just starts coming through, and then you're like, I want to give you all this information, and they can only absorb so much at one point anyways. Yeah, I have a thing that I tell people in scenes, like, when they're... And I think it applies to the teaching stuff, too, is, like, people are only going to take in probably the last thing you said. So if you were talking for that long, unless they were coming in, in the mindset of, like, I am going to watch this orator speak and speak, have this whole speech for a while, you know, usually in a scene or in life, people are only going to listen to that last thing you said. What do you have, what advice do you give to people who are like, I think I'd want to go into teaching? Um, make sure you're not doing it for money <laughs> immediately. Like, if that's the only reason, that's usually not a good reason. Um, and make sure you actually care to impart knowledge on others, that it's not about you. Like, I think that's the main thing. If it's about you, you won't be great at it. You can learn, but you won't be great at it out the gate. It's all about, like, oh, if this class does well, I'll have proved that I am great. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, that's what I see with a lot of teachers. I see that with a lot of coaches. Like, people are, like, putting their worth into these students or into these teams, and I'm like... That's not your job, dude. Your job is to give them a learning experience, make them grow, and whatever. Just because their, like, graduation show was like, oh, you know, that was a mess, right? But who cares? Like, that's, like, the second point of this. The real thing is like, hey, did that guy get off the wall? The one that, like, couldn't right. get out the whole class? Did he get out in that show at all? Dude, success. Right. You know? I re- yeah, I recently, um, at our most recent show one of our students day one started out like panic because being up in front of a group of people is the scariest thing to that person and that's why they're in the class and um come showtime that person got into two or three scenes that's amazing and um from my point of view i don't care what the scenes are about yeah that person was in two to three scenes when they could not even get up in front of a, a class yeah. at the very beginning. Like, boom, we've just changed the life. Well, that's what we talk about is, like, this is about the individuals. Like, what is their growth? You know? Right. And, it, again, not about you. Like, if your class is a bad show, yeah, I might come up to you and just be like, and be like that was rough. But, you know, at least they all got up there and they did it. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I Yeah, I, I love that. I really love that. Like, it's, I think people don't necessarily understand also, you when you become a teacher, you have to give up a little bit of other stuff, too. Um, you don't necessarily have as much, especially if you wear many hats like both of us do, right? Then you are giving up some of, like, oh, I really wanted to participate in this or I really want to do that. Oh, I can't because mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm that. And I think that comes with being a teacher, too, like. Yeah, well, and the way you interact with everybody, you know, in the social environments and things like that, I think, you know, there's been plenty of troubles in our industry lately about, like, you know, like, oh, dating this student or, you know, you made this person feel a certain way and then you didn't, and then you were, like, talking to them like an asshole at a party or something and it's just like, you're a teacher, you know, this person's in your class or this person's not in your class or still a student at the theater, like, got to treat everybody with respect and you got to be the example is the other thing like, yeah you yeah. can't be the shit talker you can't be 
the person that's like sitting there is like, well, I'm really unhappy with this place. Like, you know, I'm just like, you know, you are the example for what we want our students to be. So. Right. And, and you said it earlier, too, that it's also a bit of um, it's up to us to bring the energy we want for the classroom. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to lead with that. It's up to us to also it, teaching is also a bit of a performance. For sure. Um, and, and takes, there's been days when I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to put energy into this. And I'm like, nope, these mm-hmm. guys, this is what they're doing. Money. I have, that's my, yeah. Money was transferred. You right. They are clients. <laughs> yeah. They're not just students, they're clients yeah. and customers and there's satisfaction that needs to be and all that stuff. Have we, um, is there anything else that like I haven't hit that you want to talk about? Me? Um... I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, I think we kind of covered a lot of stuff. I'm like, I guess just like sitting there and not being the biggest one, like whatever that I was talking about was just like that whole thing of just like not being afraid of content, not being afraid to teach content. um, Do you, do you just, so with the teaching of the content, do you specifically attack it or you, you are just waiting for it to show up? Because you know it's going to show up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll, I don't, it depends. Like, okay. if I don't see it show up, I, I'll talk about it anyway. Okay. You know, at some point, usually in, like, level, usually in the VT2 class where we're doing all scenes. Okay. Like, you know, that's usually where it comes up, like, the conversation happens there or whatever. But, um, but yeah, and, like, if not, it's just about, you know, oh, this happened. It's time to talk. Right. Know, about that. Yeah, and, and, um, and again, it's. Just having the open conversation. I agree that most people aren't doing it because they're malicious. Mm-hmm. It's they're they're making that choice out of a fear-based moment. Yeah. Um, they well, just don't know. And then to combat that as a teacher with fear as well, it's not bad. It's not not a good thing. Right, <laughs> right. I see that all the time. People are like, I don't even let my students do those scenes, and I'm just like, okay, but what are they going to do in that situation now? Right. You just took away that moment from them. And me, I run a theater that's completely, you know, uncensored, unrated. So right. for me, it's like, yeah, you might end up in some dicey territory sometimes because you just got there and whatever, but you guys know how to deal with those scenes. You don't play with fear. You right. know, you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, all right, we'll take it. What do we do now? Right. I know how to do this because we talked about it. Right. You know? Do you have a favorite exercise? Me? Ooh. I know. So many. I know. Um, I really like... I mean, there's two that are my faves. One of them is a mix. I'm pretty sure it's mixed class that I got it from. And it's just pouncing the line. And it's about eliminating the time in between each of your lines, you know, and building the scene quickly through there. I like it a lot because it's just like when we have a conversation, we don't have so much space unless we made a choice to have that space. Right, but I find in improv scenes there's all this space in between the lines usually, and there's all this thinking time, and that's usually the bad scenes, those three to five seconds. If you sit for five seconds and you realize how long that is to be sitting somewhere, and that's what people are doing usually when they're not pouncing the line. They're sitting there and they're going, oh, okay, let me think about this. They just said this, and while you're doing that, the audience is still staring at you, and your partner is still staring at you, and now you have this energy of slow instead of, like, conversational energy, which makes your scene seem more real. So I like that one a lot. And then the other one's an I.O. one uh, where's, and I like it a lot for, like, responding to lines, but um, it's the three questions. They probably, maybe they have a name for it, but I just call it three questions. And um, 
you know, I have anybody do any line they want at the top. I'm like, try to do the shittiest line possible. Try to do a line that you just would be like, fuck, how do I play with this? Right? And then they say that line, which could be, hey, and that's it, which is amazing. Right? <laughs> and then you sit there and you stop the scene and you just go, great. Who is this person to you? Right? And it's like friends, family, romantic, the three primary, well, the three relationships, that's all they could be. Either it's gonna be someone that you fuck, which is romantic, someone that you are related to, right? Or a friend, that's pretty much anybody else, strangers, roommates, all that stuff. Um, so whatever. So I like that because it gets them already like instead of sitting there being like, we are doctor patient. I'm like, no, the real relationship is that. That's the real relationship. All the other stuff is just qualifiers on top. Right? So you got that. Friends, family, romantic. The next question is, uh, what is the deeper meaning behind what they said? Right? And in hey, maybe the way they said hey is what I'm reading into. So it's just like, hey. Right? And I'm just like, ooh, this person's like mad at me. I crashed their car last night. This is the specifics I'm filling in. This is the deeper meaning behind it. Now, this has weight. Right? And then after that, I go, how do I feel about this then? Happy, sad, anger, fear. Right? right? That's the four that I used to go with. There's a huge emotional wheel, but that, whatever. We can go into those four as the primary. And then from there, I'm like, after you got that, you know, and you get that muscle working, you just reply basically with that information. So it's like, hey, and just like, dude, I'm so sorry I crashed your car last night, man. Right? And I was sad, and I was like, fuck. Right? And I gave those specifics right away, and I gave this importance right away, which I like a lot. That's really the cornerstone of what I teach is just like, yeah, this first line, whatever the fuck it is, it's important. Why? And now that's your scene, you know? Yeah, it's a great, um, I love it. I love that breaking that down helps them build the muscle yeah. so that they just get to it so much faster. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm all about it, man. Get there in two lines, then the rest of the scene is easy. If you sit there and don't give that first important emotional reaction, I think it's that's when we got five, six lines in of just chit-chatter or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Um, any final... Thoughts about anything? Final thoughts about, about teaching. Anything? Well, I was gonna say specifically teaching. Teaching. Um, uh, I think for me, it's just like I would love to see less um, coddling in the world. You know, I think mostly these people are adults in classes and stuff, and they do want to get better. And we're not doing them a favor. Mostly, if we're trying to coddle them in those first levels or whatever, it's because we're trying to make money. You know, we're trying to get people to stick around. And I'm just like, people will stick around because they got better. You know, that's what's going to be what makes people want to continue doing things because they sat there, they realized like, hey, I got some work to do, but also, man, I got better because I got real notes already out the gate. Right, right. Awesome. Thank you very much.